following the reading of the Word of God. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word that is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you have been sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Father, we are dealing with walking worthy. We're dealing with the specifics of putting off the old self and putting on the new. So, Father, I know and understand completely that this is only done through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I ask you, overwhelm each of us in the power of your mighty Spirit that we may walk worthy to the glory of the King. We love you. Thank you. In Christ's name, amen. I shared with you that once we moved into chapter 4, he sets the parameter there with verse 1, work in a manner worthy of your calling. And uh, as he goes through this, it's sort of like a very broad target. And then he slowly tapers it in and gets specific. We have moved into the specifics now. He told us in our last section that you need to put off the old and put on the new. Okay? And, and, and the, the problem is, each of us would agree that the old is comfortable. I, I know how it works. I know how it responds. I've kind of hung out with it for a while. You know, we, we, we've kind of got this figured out. And so now we've got, we are a new creation in Christ. Not like anything ever before. And so what you're doing, what we would call the walk of faith, or growing in your spirituality, whatever you wanted to call it, you're learning to be comfortable with the new self. Okay? Just a little footnote on that. It has growing pains. Just just in case you may not be aware, there are times that it's, where's that old jacket? <laughs> I, need, I need that old coat. Okay? I shared with you that the word put off literally means to throw it away. The same phrase was used in the book of Acts when they were getting ready to stone Stephen. And it said that they threw their coats at Paul's feet. Okay, so that, that's what it means. That's when it says put off the old, throw it away. Get rid of it. Don't pick it back up. And we do have a tendency 
at times. You know, you know, I was thinking about the ladies going through be anxious for nothing. And chapter 3 deals with casting your cares. Okay, and you know, we, we smile. And, okay, do you understand what your cares are? It's life. I mean, it is, you know, Nate's getting ready to have surgery. That's a care. You know, what if the guy gets the hiccups? What if he does the wrong hip? Okay, uh, you know, so you, you have these care, you know, and, uh, you know, wh- wh- you know, they explain to you what they're getting ready to do. And you're like, there's no way that that's not going to be extremely painful. Okay. So you know that, and you, that that's the care. I got more cares for you, buddy. Every moment of your existence, there is something that you are caring about. But we are to cast them where? Have any of you guys ever read uh, Pilgrim's Progress? Okay, Pilgrim carries this stupid backpack around. And you don't really pay attention to it. Because he just keeps picking it up, carrying it, picking it up, carrying it. He goes to the bog, he about sinks, trying to carry it, carrying it. And he's, and he's carrying this big thing on his back all the time. He gets to the gates and they ask him, what is that? And they said, it's my cares. He says, you don't have to carry that. You've been bought and paid for with a price. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Why? Must we insist that we should assist him? And yet we do. Here, Lord, I know you can't handle that. I'll pick that up for you. Okay. All right. So when you start looking at that, you're starting to deal with specifics of your life. And so Paul starts here, actually, in verse 25, Because he's got that therefore, remember what I shared with that, that therefore from 25 to the end of the book is specifics. Okay, now that you're this new creation, and now that you understand that you got to put off the old self and put on the new self, these are the things you're going to be seeing. Again, if you struggle with this, go back to the first three chapters. First three chapters show you who you are. Your position in Christ. And once you handle that, and once you got that nailed down with confidence, the specifics are easy. And I really mean that. I know a lot of people who are trying to do the specifics right now who have no idea what their position in God is. It is through Him I can do Almost anything, huh? No, I can do all things. I can do all things. All right? Last week we looked at speaking the truth. We moved from lying, and I told you, our whole existence is based on lies of one type or another. Okay? Everything is, has a lie to it. If you look at our society of this planet, its foundation is a lie. Why? Why can I say that? We're going to do a quick study of the entire Bible. Okay? When Adam and Eve had the little fruit problem, 
They gave over their rights to who? To Satan. So who rules the world? Satan. Now, vroom, book of Revelations. Who is worthy to open the scrolls? The lamb that was slain. And if you look at that terminology there, that was when you picked up a property deed and they would, each page that was signed, it was to be sealed. And you pull the seals. And remember the seven seals? That is the property's deed of the earth. And Jesus has bought it back. Okay? That's the entire Bible. That's pretty quick, huh? So, at this time, he's not popped them seals. So, who's in control of this mess? Satan. All right? So, you move from the system that you grew up in, lying, to the system of truth. To the system of truth. Okay? With that, we move to verses 26 and 27, from unrighteous anger to righteous anger. He says, be angry, sin not. No problem, huh? (laughs) I didn't hear one amen. I cannot believe that. (laughs) Hey, there's three words in the Greek. For angry, dumas, peromas, and orge. Okay? Duromas is fury. It is, uh, to use our vernacular, is to blow a gasket. Okay? It's that boiling over. It's, it's, it's when you, you lose it. Okay? Peromas is this uh, inside uh, fuming. Okay, I, I, my grandma, she was about that tall. And every once in a while, her grandchildren would cause her pyramas. And she would have that inside fuming. And it was so cute. She'd come out with these little switches. And act like she was going to beat us ragged. And you're like, you're not tall enough. <laughs> but anyway, it's uh, that anger that comes from uh, um, jealousy, a jealous anger. Uh, it comes from envy. It's a, uh, use the southern vernacular on it. It's that seething that just, I'm going to tell I'm going to get them. Okay. Then there's orge. Orge is based on a settled conviction. Things that you are committed to. When something is violates that, that natural response. Okay. But it's settled angered based on a commitment. Okay. My conviction was this. You did this across my conviction. And this is my natural response. Now then, these words are kind of interesting. All right, if you read, whether it's a secular Greek or biblical Greek, these words can be good or they can be bad. It's like the word epithumia. Okay? 
Uh, epithumia can be good or it can be bad. The epithumia is translated lust. There are things that you can lust after. That is, you shouldn't do that. There are things you can lust after that are honorable and passionate. Okay? So these three words for anger can be good or bad. So you can be angry and sin. You can also be angry and not sin. The ticket here is the motive. Why are you angry? I mean, how many in this room actually, when they got angry, asked themselves, why is it that I am angry? Okay. It sure would shorten it out, wouldn't it? Instead of just getting mad. Well, why am I wanting to get mad? Okay. All right. The first one I gave you, Dumas. Listen, I can't find anywhere in 66 books of the Bible that that fits a Christian. Okay? And therefore, it shouldn't be tolerated. That explosive, punch a hole in the wall, tear a door off the hinges, that thing. That blowing up anger uh, is, is just... Nowhere I find is it permissible for for those who would take the name Christ. Okay? It is used in the biblical precedence, and it's always referring to lost people. Okay? In Revelations chapter 12, verse 12, that word is used to speak of Satan. Okay? But in Romans chapter 2, Verse 8, final judgment, it speaks of God's ultimate wrath. All right? See, kind of touched on it this morning in our Sunday school class. Only God can go to the ultimate end of anger. Okay? You and I can't do that. The extreme end of anger... When he starts casting people into the lake of fire, that would be the extreme end of anger. All right? But only God can take it to the extreme end and remain just and righteous. Okay? Here's, a, here's things that I want you to think about. We see this stuff in the first three chapters. Okay, do you understand that everything in God's mind? Okay, now let that rattle around for a second. Everything in God's mind is absolutely, emphatically, always under absolute control. There's nothing getting out of hand for him. Whoa, I just can't believe that just happened. That ain't God. It is always under control. Everything in God's mind is under absolute control. Even in his ultimate anger. 
when he condemns sin once and for all, it's under absolute control. Okay? Let me give you something to think about. You and I can't do that. Okay, we get angry. Is it under absolute control? Have you ever been angry and been in absolute control? Let me give you a verse. James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Okay? But, you know, if, if I look at that, it is so simplistic. It's just, I just illustrated it a second ago. When you're getting ready to get angry, ask yourself, why am I getting angry? Now, how many of us have ever done that? And yet, if I am slow to speak, quick to hear, and slow to anger, then I'm going to be asking those questions. Right? We don't know the dumas because we get out of control. Okay? So, the first one, that explosive, I'm going to kill something now. Uh, I'll never forget it. I was flying uh, one of my international flights because it's one of those great big huge ones. And, and it's, I, I think I've told somebody, this plane was one of them big ones. You have like six rows in the middle and four rows on each side. Okay, I was the only infidel on the plane. Okay, so I knew I was safe. They're not going to blow all these people up to kill one infidel. Uh, but behind me, this grandmother and her daughter, I guess, had this child. And it screamed for seven hours. And I, I just kept thinking, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, don't, you know, and so I put my headphones in and was watching some movie and I just couldn't turn it up loud enough. Okay, and you're just sitting there, and this and this guy was sitting next to me. So they brought us dinner somewhere in there. And the baby all of a sudden just stopped for a little bit because of the food. The guy sitting next to me, he goes, Allah be praised. <laughs> and I thought, dude, you have no idea. I'm going to go sit in the bathroom. <laughs> and I'll get out. Anytime anybody wants to use it, there you go. Let me know when you're done. I'm going to sit back down. Okay, but um, I thought, man, can because I remember going through customs when I got in the United States. You could hear her screaming through the tunnels, going into customs, and I was just like, I, you know, I'm not a child therapist, but you know, silence is golden, and duct tape is silver. <laughs> so I, I don't know what else to tell you. But there are some times when you, 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 you find yourself fighting this anger, and that's poromos, that's that inner resentment. But then there's orge, which is that conviction 
These are my convictions. Don't cross them. Okay? Okay, now, when I exercise these two types of anger, there's a key to this. Okay? I told you. What is the motive? What is that trigger that has made you angry? Okay? It can be an inner resentment. Or it can be the settled conviction that I have, and you have offended that conviction. All right? These angers for a Christian can only be utilized other than for selfish reasons. Okay? One can be angry over that that grieves God. Got it? You know, I I was looking at Jesus' life. They mocked him. They spit on him. They claimed that everything he did was by the power of devil. That when they put him through the mock trials to crucify him, and they sucker punched him, they put a crown of thorns on his head, you look at all the things that mankind did against that man. You know what? He never retaliated. He never got angry. I find that fascinating. I mean, that's the king of king and lord of lords. Not only that, when they run the nails through his wrist and his feet and stuck him up on a tree, his conclusion was what? Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But toast the guy with the hammer. No. <laughs> That's why I'm not the son of God. Okay. But he's still trying to get at it. He never lost his temper. I mean, even when he was dealing with his knuckleheads. Oh, you have little faith. Yeah, that centurion there, Gentiles got more faith than you, yahoos. And you've been hanging out with me. But you know what? There was a couple of times he got ticked. When he cleansed the temple. He's very angry. Very, very angry. That anger came out of what? A settled conviction. This is my father's house. It's a place of holiness, righteousness, and justice. And you money changers have made it a house of thieves. It's interesting, don't you think? When God's holiness was at stake, Jesus moved against it. Did he not? The Gospel of John chapter 11 is another one. It's overlooked because uh, of the way it was written in the English language. John 11. You know the text. It's that text that is the easy Bible verse to memorize. You know what I'm talking about? 1135. Jesus wept. I'll memorize that one. Okay, I mean, that's score. All right, but 
We know that, okay, you understand, or let me give you the picture. I guess I should tell you the picture. Jesus waits a while to go help Lazarus. And so when he gets there, Lazarus is dead. His sisters are mourning and they're weeping. Okay? And Jesus, this is all planned. Okay? Because it's not that far from Jerusalem. Word's going to get out. He's going to get arrested in a few days, or yeah, a few days from this. Okay? So Lazarus is dead. They've had the funeral, and Jesus wasn't even there for the funeral. Okay? But there's a verse that we kind of miss on this one. Verse 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, that would be Lazarus' sister, and the Jews who came with her were also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and was troubled. You know what that word is? Was troubled? Or gay? He was angry. He was angry. Okay, now I've watched some theologians do some really weird stuff with that. But then remember, he wept. Okay, some theologians will say, well, he was angry because he knew they didn't believe he could raise Lazarus. Well, I don't see anywhere in there they said, are you going to raise him? Okay, they didn't know that was on the agenda. Okay. So he was angry. You know why he was angry? Right there, the weeping of the Jews and the weeping of his sisters and the death of his friend is sin. Is sin. And sin would make the Holy One of God what? Angry. Not only that, he knows what's going to happen in a couple of days. He has to atone. For sin. So he was angry. Okay, again, it's not because what they're doing to him is because of what sin has done to them. You know, I, I don't, we run around and we talk about sin. You know, I, I've had a conversation this week on homosexuality and all the rest of it. And it's funny how everybody, I don't know what they're trying to do. But anyway, they're, they're trying to pick fights, I think, about it. You know the thing that I don't understand? Sin is painful. The penalty of sin is what? Death. You know what? Guaranteed. And yet, when we talk about sin, it's like, well, I really like to sin, and I think it's kind of cool. Why do you call it a sin? Because it's going to kill you. See, we don't tell them that. But sin is death. And so when Jesus gets to Lazarus' tomb, Lazarus is dead. And he knows. He wept. Why? This is why I'm here. That's why I'm here. And he wept. Troubled in his spirit. See, he, that is that inner resentment. Against the consequences of sin. Okay? A dead Lazarus. The mourning of his sisters. Is a direct illustration. 
of the power of sin. Okay? And it brought to his mind, you know, a couple of days, I have to pay for this. Okay? He knew he was going to endure the cross to fix this problem. And he was angry about sin. He was mad about it. Okay, this instructions that we're getting from the Apostle Paul, don't be angry that it can cause you to sin. Be angry about sin. Be angry about the defilement of God's holiness. Those be angry about. But don't be angry about your own causes. Don't be angry with people who offend you. Don't do it. Don't let your anger evolve into a personal resentment. Don't let your anger become personal bitterness. You, we all know people like that, don't you? Or maybe it's just me, I'm blessed with all of them. Okay? But they're just bitter. They're bitter. They're mad about everything. And it doesn't matter. It's forbidden. Put it off. I don't need that anger. I get angry when people blaspheme my God. Okay? What I mean by that is they say things about him that ain't true. Okay? And if they'd had some money changer tables, I'd probably turn them over sometimes. But very seldom do they ever have those. Okay? I get angry about sin. Have you ever had somebody in their sin hurt you? And you get angry at them for hurting you, don't you? Instead of being angry about their sin. Right? See how that works? See, the anger of Jesus was over his father's house. The anger of Jesus was over the death of Lazarus. The only anger that we are have a, a right to is that that defends the holiness of God. Okay? You can go through the book that we're reading in our morning readings, Deuteronomy, the second law. This is how you are to act in the promised land. Uh, and you see the wrath of God all over that place. You do this, it's the wrath of God. You don't do this, it's the wrath of God. Okay? Matthew's gospel, chapter 5, Verse 25, make friends quickly. If you're going to go give an offering and someone has something against you, make friends quickly. Don't give the offering. Go take care of the issue. Then come back and give the offering. That's that part of that you've heard before, uh, these beatitudes. 
Because if you read on there in chapter 5, you'll find out that that anger leads to murder. Listen, there are times to be angry. Listen, the Apostle Paul was angry at the church in Corinth, wasn't he? Why? They were in propagated willful sin. And it ticked them off. Paul was mad at the Galatians. Foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? What you've begun in the spirit, you are now perfecting in the flesh? God's holiness. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Herminius and Alexander. Paul was mad at him. What did he do? He threw them out of the church. And have Satan teach them not to blaspheme. See, it's okay to be angry about something. King David, Psalm 97.10. He that loves the Lord hates evil. I had a conversation just this, I think it was yesterday. I don't know, Friday maybe. What we see around us, I don't care what you call it, its root is evil. It's evil. And the Bible's being fulfilled right before our eyes. What is good is now bad. What is bad is now good. And it comes from evil. And you know what's weird about it? We just tiptoe through the tulips. It's no big deal. Unless that evil person hurts me. Well, no, that's sin against the holy God. Psalm 69, 9. David says, the zeal for your house has eaten me up. The passion for the things of God were the passions for King David. Listen, David could not stand, he could not tolerate what they were doing to the name of God. And you know, that goes back a while. He was just a kid. The Philistine giant came out. We can't go fight that. Look how big he is. And the kid comes up and says, wait a minute. We're God's people. We're going to kick butt and take names. Watch this. Give me a rock. And he did it. He got angry. But I want you to remember something. These illustrations I gave you, whether it's Paul, whether it's Jesus, whether it's Peter, whether it's John, whether it's King David, they were angry, but it was not for self. They were angry because of God's holy name. That's the basic of orge. That is... There's an anger over sin. Why? It's evil. The penalty of sin is what? Death. Why don't we tell people that? It's just saying, well, you're sinning. No, you're killing yourself. See, remember in the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5? Do we mourn in our spirit over sin? 
See, anger that is self-centered is out of control. Self-centered anger is sinful. Self-centered anger is useless. Get angry with somebody, yell at them, whatever you're going to do, and to ask yourself a question, that accomplished what? We are to put off the old Christian. We need to discipline our anger. We need to seek the rightful place for our anger of a righteous God. That anger that is pure and selfless. It's not about me. Some of us aren't angry when we should be. Some of us are angry for the wrong reasons. Some anger, stuff in the church, should make us mad. But it doesn't. Listen, I'm not talking about everybody outside of these walls. I'm talking about in this church. There's things that go on in this church that should make us angry. Because it is against a holy God. Go ahead, be angry. Don't sin. Don't let it turn to a wrong anger. A selfish anger. Be angry. But sin not. And then he makes that statement in Ephesians. Don't let the sun go down on it. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't be resentful, angry person. You know why? Listen, if you've got something that has made you angry, go through the process. Is this about me? Or is this about God? If it's about you, he says, don't let the sun go down on it. Why? When you are convicted of sin, what does the Bible tell you you're supposed to do? Confront it, confess it, he's faithful and just to forgive it, and repent. Don't take it to bed with you. If I've gotten angry about something, ask myself a simple question. Am I angry because this is offensive to God or is this offensive to me? If it's offensive to me, then I get on my knees and say, Father, forgive me, I have sinned. Deal with it. If you have the wrong kind of anger, that's which that sins. Paul is saying, deal with it now. And then there's a warning. Why would I be worried about that? You know, I'll sleep on it. You know, a good night's sleep. Gee whiz, I'll get up in the morning and have some coffee. It'll all be in the past. No, don't sleep on it. When we face our sins, we are to deal with it now. We are to repent and confess. That unconfessed anger that is not dealt with, is very, very, very bad. 
Let me give you this one. You, some of you remember that when we were in Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Speaking of forgiveness. So that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan. For we are not ignorant of his schemes. Okay? If I got an anger issue, I need to deal with it. I need to deal with it now. Why? I don't want my adversary to have an advantage. You know, we should never have any anger based on self. Never. Never. Listen, you and I get angry because people do things to us. And they do things sometimes and we don't like it. And we get angry. But I want to share with you something. Truthfully, you and I, we don't deserve anything anyway. Okay? See, that's the point. What do you deserve? Ask yourself, what are your rights as a Christian? You ain't got any. Sorry. Do you realize you cannot enter into God's kingdom unless you are broken in spirit? So what rights do you have? You were a slave bought and paid for with the price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You don't have any rights. So you can't get mad at someone who stomps on them. Okay? And you know what I've learned? That drives them nuts. It's hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. Listen, Lindsay said, anger, quote, anger is a retaliating spirit, unquote. Okay, when you defend God's holiness, because God has rights. You know which ones? All of them. Verse 27, back in Ephesians. Don't give the devil, the devil, an opportunity. See, I can defend God because of who he is. If I try to defend myself, I'm giving Satan an opportunity. If I do this, if I let myself get angry, I give a place to the devil. I have another quote here. Whatever begins in anger ends in shame. You know who said that? Ben Franklin. He's a goofy old bird, wasn't he? In our text here, the word devil is diolos. It's uh, 
translated slanderer. If you are angry, eventually you will just slander whoever you're angry at. You may slander them verbally. You may slander them in your thoughts. You may slander them in your hearts. And when you do that, you give a place to the slanderer. Remember I shared this with you in John's Gospel, chapter 8, 44? Your father, the devil, who was a liar. If you lie, who's your father? Okay, if you slander, what is that? It's lying. So you're showing evidence of what? When you start lying, you are of your father. When you get mad, you give more evidence of your father. Angry people with angry spirits, bitter people, resentful people, they give evidence. They're ones that give the devil opportunity. Let him in and he'll tear it apart. He's a destroyer. So, specific, brothers, this new life. One, from lying to speaking the truth. Two, from unrighteous anger to righteous anger. Next week, from stealing to sharing. Got it? Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for the power of your spirit and your new creations. Lord, um, you give us instruction on how this is supposed to look, but then you empower us to do it. I thank you, my king, and I praise you. Lord, I think about uh, Philip. I think about uh, Ilya. Uh, Lord, I cast those cares to your throne. Father, protect them. But Father, may the glory and the power of your gospel go forth from both men that we may see the unrighteous turned righteous, the lost saved, and the redeemed strengthened. To you, you alone, my King, in Christ's name, amen.